This is Monstras. And welcome to our very special episode of Monstras, where we will be talking about the new movie, The Curse of La Llorona. So it's me, your host, or one of your hosts, Brenda Salguero, and with me today, as always, the wonderful Orquidea Morales. I was about Yay. to say your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Don't worry, don't worry. I always forget, I'm like, yeah, anyways co-host um and so um we did want to do a quick warning uh there will be spoilers for this movie so if you have not watched the movie please be warned yeah and just up front i'm really excited that we're doing this episode and i hope we get to do more of these it's really fun yes. to talk about movies um so a little bit about this one it was directed by michael chavez it stars Linda Cardellini, Raymond Cruz, and Patricia Velasquez. Um, so I included the Warner Brothers synopsis because I thought it was pretty good. And it's good to get a sense of what they thought the movie was. So this is what they wrote. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural, supernatural realm. Their only hope to survive La Llorona's deadly wrath may be a disillusioned priest and the mysticism he practices to keep evil at bay on the fringes where fear and faith collide. <laughs> uh, it was good until they got to the disillusioned priest part. I feel like that about the movie generally. It was promising till they got to the curandero. <laughs> but I guess let's do the, you know general introduction and then we'll get there <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get there we'll get there so the movie set in the 70s in la and it's about a young mother anna tate garcia who's a social worker that gets wrapped up in one of her cases uh particularly the case of patricia alvarez who's a single mom of two young boys the movie starts with anna checking in on the alvarez children and discovering that patricia has locked them up in the closet and we'll do a scene by scene replay uh, but once she takes the children away the children are killed and then her own children are um, attacked by La Llorona. The movie was produced by James Wan and is part of the Conjuring universe. And I think that was one of the coolest things, too. Uh, and there are a few nods to the Conjuring and the Conjuring universe that we'll talk about, too. Uh, but first off, initial thoughts about the movie. I thought it was a little bit boring. I felt it felt longer. It felt longer than it was. Um I don't know I, why. I didn't feel like it was very long, actually, but mo maybe because I was furiously taking notes the entire time. And also, I had a very good audience. Like, the audience was like, uh, it, was a, it was a matinee because I was paying hella money to freaking see this. Um, and so people were actually really enthusiastic, I guess you could say. They were really reactive. 
There were, and it, I don't think it was very scary. So I initially didn't think it was as bad as it was, as I thought it was going to be. So I thought it was going to be really bad, but it wasn't as bad. But I'll, I'll give an overview at the end of, of why, a breakdown of how. Because I kind of think it was bad, but I also don't think it was that bad. So anyways, uh, I also don't have an idea of how it actually fits into the Conjuring universe. Like, I thought the Warrens were going to pop up for, like, a quick hello or something. They were just going to, like, I don't know, apparate from the air, come <laughs> fly down from the sky like Mary Poppins. Like, I wasn't sure where they were coming in. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm laughing because um, I shouldn't be laughing. I just wanted to say Lorraine Warren just passed away, like, two, three days ago. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah, so her showing up to the screening, like flying down, would have been like really creepy in that context. Oh my God. Ah, poor thing. Well, she was in her 90s. Granted, I don't think, I think the Warrens were con artists. I really, really think they were con artists. But, but they still did contribute a lot to our popular culture as con artists exploiting people who believed in ghosts which is really living the dream because that's a dream i would love to have <laughs> so what do you know how it's connected to the conjuring universe because i don't really know um i think i think they're gonna do the connections later so i know the next movie that they're gonna do is oh shoot what was it it was the like the distorted guy that came out in one of the conjurings uh with the music uh, little machine i can't remember what it's called saw no that's a completely different franchise <laughs> oh what is it called i don't remember but they're doing like kind of like these side monsters um i'm hoping at some point they connect them so maybe like in conjuring 3 so that's the other thing right michael chavez who directed um the curse of la llorona is directing conjuring 3 so i'm not sure if there'll be a clearer connection there Oh, that makes sense. Well, we can kind of also explain the Conjuring universe and what the hell it is. So it's a horror movie franchise created, created in part with New Line cin Cinema. And the movies include The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, The Conjuring 3, which is not out yet. Annabelle 1, 2, and 3. God, how many goddamn movies do they need about that stupid doll? It's not even creepy. The third the one looks so creepy. I don't think dolls are creepy. And the nun, <laughs> you're looking at me like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> I'm not scared very easily. Like, it's really hard to scare me. The nun, uh, which is just came out like a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, last year. Yeah. And then obviously the movie that we're talking about today, uh, and they're all loosely based on real stories, particularly surrounding the Warrens, who are, as I said, uh, some people think they're famous paranormal investigators. Others I think, think that. <laughs> I think they're famous con artists. I think they're con artists, but whatever. I've heard a lot. I've read a lot and I've heard a lot about the Warrens. Um, and all the movies do take place between the 50s and the 70s with a few flashbacks. So I believe that's because that's the prime time when the Warrens operated, right? Yeah. You make it sound like they're this crime syndicate. They operated in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> well, 
did they did most of their major like famous investigations like Annabelle the doll the Amityville those, yeah Amityville horror that they all did those in like the 60s and 70s I think I want to believe so bad that I'm willing to believe that they they did it <laughs> that it was true I'm I'm willing to believe that yeah even though I know it's not I want to believe it <laughs> That's true. I mean, that's fine if you want to believe in it, but I don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, do you want to get into like the, the, priest. the I movie? I sound like the priest in this movie. Anyways, you, yes. Let's... You, yeah, you're you're the... bursting my hope in ghosts, but <laughs> we already know you hate ghosts. I. It's not even that I hate them. It's that I just do not think they exist. But anyways, you can't hate something that doesn't even exist, Orquidia. Wow, yeah, that's that's cold blooded. That's cold blooded. I'm, I'm I'm crying now. <laughs> but anyways, let's get into the movie. So the movie starts in 1673. So it's like just the movie starts with like this big text that just says 1673, and it's uh with a shot of a mother, father, and two children dancing and being happy in this empty field. They're all majestically dressed in white. The little boy. Um, is then shown waking up in the middle of this field and then wandering around looking for his mother only to find her kind of like holding her brother down his brother down and drowning him and then he screams as she starts she actually reaches out and grabs him too and then it cuts the black and then we go to 1973 which is i don't know 400 years later. I don't know how to do math. I think it's 300. Oh, okay. I was close. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> give or take, you know, 100 years. So we see in 1973, we see Anna, who we later find out is a social worker who is kind of being... She was. There was a scene where, you know, she was kind of being discriminated for having kids and not working enough. So some of her cases actually go to another co-worker of hers that later on pops up. We see her going to the Alvarez's house to do a wellness check or something or other on this family, on Patricia Alvarez. And she finds, you know, Patricia kind of opens the door. There's a chain lock link or whatever on the door. And she like suspiciously looks at Anna and she's just like, what do you want? Uh, which is what I say when anyone comes to my door. <laughs> it's exactly how I do it. That's what the uh, city living does to you. I know, really, it does. Uh, she looks at her suspiciously, Avaris does, and doesn't want to let her in. Eventually, Anna talks her way in, walks into the house, and walks directly into what I deem a fire hazard. Clan- candles are everywhere, scattered everywhere. I was just like, oh my god, these kids are going to die from a fire. Not even La Llorona is going to get them. They're going to die <laughs> burning to death. Uh, so Anna starts looking, so there's no sign of the kids. Anna starts looking for the Alvarez's two kids. For Alvarez's two kids. And they she goes to another room. And I don't know if it's a bedroom or whatever. But she goes to another room. And there's a door that she sees with these giant eyes. Hundreds and hundreds of eyes drawn on it. I don't know if there was any significance to the eyes. Do you have any clue as to why eyes? Yeah, I just assumed it was the whole evil eye thing. Right? Like, um... Uh... So the the idea is that you if you have an eye it protects you from the evil eye. Um, 
how the evil eye is connected to La Llorona, I think it it, it it looked, the apartment looked like Patricia had put everything up possible to protect her children. Like there were chimes, there were candles, there was incense, there was like e- the eye, everything she could think of was up there. Yeah, so everything basically that one might believe um, would protect against evil spirits, right? Okay, so she looks at this door, Anna does, and there's eyes scribbled everywhere, as I said. It looks crazy. Alvarez yells, comes into the room, and she's just like, don't go in there. And Anna, of course, being a meddling white woman, doesn't listen. There's a struggle that ensues. They wrestle on the ground a little bit. Um, There's a police officer that came with Anna, so he, like, rips her off of... um, rips Alvarez off of Anna and is able to... So Anna finally, like, gets the key off of Alvarez in the struggle. She opens the door and finds Alvarez's kids in there. Dun, dun, dun. Alvarez's two sons there, hiding from La Llorona. So I initially thought in this scene, in the Alvarez, like I I like to call... So I broke down a lot of the scenes into these stupid names. This is the Alvarez closet scene where... I initially thought Alvarez had actually trapped La Llorona in there, mm. like, with some magic. I was like, she's a badass if she was able to trap La Llorona in this closet. Yeah. No, I think that would have been really cool, too. And that would have made sense with the eyes, like, to keep her in there. Right? Yeah. Instead of keeping something out. I mean, it could it could be either or. You keep yeah. something in, you can keep something out. So, anyways, uh, the kids, obviously... They think they're crazy. The kids get taken away. Um, and Anna notices uh, as she's taken into the hospital, um, she notices that they are they have some marks on their arms. Like they look like, bur- they almost look like cigarette burns, like multiple cigarette burns up and down their arms. That's what they look like. Yeah. And then, so then we go to the hospital scene where the Alvarez kids are taken to this like hospital um shelter place which is really creepy i thought the shelter where they ended up was creepier than the closet where they were in the closet safer honestly the closet felt safer and they had like comfortable pillows in the shelter they had like this random like security guard like just busting into doors anyway like yorana comes and gets them takes them away and she hypnotizes them which i thought was cool it's a new superpower so she hypnotizes the oldest son, and then that prompts the little boy to chase after them. And I thought this was kind of a cool scene where they're just wandering down these empty hallways. It reminded me of, you know, you remember being a kid and being afraid of the dark and being afraid to go up and go to the bathroom. Hallways were very intimidating. Yeah. No, <laughs> they can child. be. Especially, like, there were a lot of flickering lights in the movie. So that was really yeah. creepy, like the lights coming and going. It reminded me of um, Lights Out, the, that movie. Ah, what's that movie? Um, it's so the 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 ghost only appears in the darkness. So there's like flashes of light, and then she, when the darkness comes, she gets closer, and then you kind of just see her shadow being closer and stuff. It's really creepy. It's a good one. Oh God. Yeah. Then this establishes now that La Llorona has like some sort of hypnotic powers. I also knew they were going to die from like the beginning. I was like, these kids are fucking dead. They were so, so cute. They did such a good job. But yeah, they were totally going to die. 
Yeah, they were very adorable. No, you're right. So, side note, is the Ana family even Latino? Like, is her family Latino? Uh, yes. Technically, yes. Because we didn't really touch on this yet. I don't know if we're going to talk about it in the later scenes. But Ana's husband used to be a cop. And he was Latino. Um, and he was killed, like, on the, in the line of duty or whatever. So the kids are, like, half Latino. They looked Latino, but I wasn't sure. And the co- the cop dad didn't look that Latino. If he was, he was a very light-skinned Mexican, or a light-skinned Latino, for sure. I wanted to also point out in this scene, right after the La Llorona, like, takes the children in the hospital or whatever, the kids are actually found. They don't get, I don't know if they get murdered in the hospital or what happens. La Llorona carries them. I don't know. But they're found in the in the L.A. River dead. So Alvarez, of course, freaks out and blames Ana. She's like screaming. She's like, you killed my children. Tu mataste mi hijos, whatever. Um, and then I'm not sure why Ana came, I guess, because she's their caseworker. Uh, but she brought her two kids with her, presumably because she can't leave them alone in the middle of the night. And one side note about... The L.A. River. So the L.A. River, for anyone who hasn't ever been to L.A., the L.A. River isn't a river. It is just a concrete, a giant concrete uh, structure that has kind of like rain off or rainwater actually wash into. And I, you can actually walk into it. Like people have seen, probably seen it in movies. Terminator, I think, is one of the famous movies that has features the L.A. River. My dog almost drowned in it because my dad was taking the dog for a walk and he fell in, couldn't get out because it was too slippery. I know, pobrecito, like he was just, but my dad pulled him out. Um, And then I've also thrown, people throw crazy shit in the LA River. People also die, have died in the LA River because it's so steep. So when it actually does rain, that thing does quickly accumulate water because it's bringing all the water in from the rest of the LA and funneling it in there and so people have gotten trapped in there i remember when i was a kid in high school i actually went around this is terrible but we ended up throwing we ended up throwing a a shopping cart into the la river we just like threw it over and then just to watch the sparks fly off of it it's what it's shit you know bored like like fucking kids do you know it's what juvenile delinquents do it's basically what we were so we were just terrible anyways going back to the scene so you have uh the alvarez kids uh are dead and then you have the two kids um that anna brings she brings her two kids and chris i guess gets out of the car uh and he hears layona crying um and this scene reminded me a little bit about left for dead series i Pretty sure you probably didn't understand this reference, Orchidia. No. Yeah, I figured you didn't. Um, it's a video game, and there's a character. It's a zombie video game, and there's, like, five primary zombies or so. Uh, and they do each have, like, different powers and different things that they'll do to you. And there's one that actually um, is crouched down. She actually reminds me of the Siguanaba. Okay. Because she has, like, long black hair... And she has these long nails. And if you get too close to her, 
she just comes at you. I think she's called the witch and she starts screaming. She's one of the more powerful zombies. So you have to avoid her by keeping away from her crying. That sounds really cool. It was, it's a fun game, but my God, it's hard. But I, that scene where she took her kids to the crime scene, that drove me crazy. Like, why would she do that? Why would she take her children to a crime scene? I, I, again, I think it's because she was like, I can't leave my kids alone. I'll just leave them in the car and bring them with her. But I, I, she I also think it was. She leaves them alone. She leaves them alone all the time in the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's why it's so stupid. This, I mean, this was the one time she should have left them alone. And she didn't. She took them with her. And now they're cursed by La Llorona. <laughs> because Chris obviously hears La Llorona crying. And Chris sees La Llorona in this scene. So if she had never brought Chris and, and Sam, Samantha, the other girl, to this uh, area, La Llorona might never have seen them. Yeah. So anyways, Chris hears this woman crying, goes up to her. She gets up and walks slowly to her to him and is like, oh, like she says something like, oh, mi hijo or something, right? And then she tries to, she grabs him, burns his arm. He screams. He, he breaks free, runs back to the car where Sam is sleeping. He busts into the car and she's just like, what the hell are you doing? He turns to the window, and there in the reflection is La Llorona, mouth agape, and he also once again screams. I thought it was a good visual, and she moves quickly. Like, I don't know how she dragged those kids. The thing that was killing me is how did she drag those kids to the L.A. River, first of all? Yeah. Like, I well, don't understand. A shopping cart. <laughs> oh, yeah, she put them in a shopping cart and then tossed it into the river. You've <laughs> That's done how that. she drowns them. <laughs> Why did I think of that? She, I thought this scene also was particularly interesting because she tries to open the car windows by rolling down, rolling down the windows from the inside. So that's why I was like, when I was in that, when I was in the movie there, I was like, invest in power windows, people when fighting <laughs> ghosts, so they don't have to use their powers against you. Side note. So in Let's summarize her powers, right? So far, what we've seen. So she can burn people with her hands, mm-hmm. uh, with skin contact, is somehow telekinetic. She can also hypnotize children, but also teleport them because, again, how the hell did La Llorona get those kids to the LA River? Again, though, that could be a lie. She did. She might have used that uh, shopping cart. She I'm telling you. <laughs> She probably used a shopping cart. It's what we all do in LA, man. I'm not judging her. But yeah, that she has very strange powers, powers, superpowers. She really does. This is the first time I hear that the Yorona is able to do these things. But I guess that's well, what happens like when you turn her into a monster. The hypnotize is like she can like en- enamor men, but it's not quite the same as hypnotizing. I was, think- I was thinking the same thing. I was like, she can enamor men. But she's not a goddamn Pied Piper where she's leading children down a goddamn, you know, in a row, leading them into the river. So the next scene is the curandero slash priest scene. Yeah. And this is when, so Ana goes to the memorial uh, of the Alvarez kids 
and it turns out it's right by it's right by a church and there's also a curandero, curandero there um and she talks to the priest and the priest is like all right she anna's like who is la llorona and <laughs> In her white lady meddling accent. Oh my god. When she said La Llorona, I busted out laughing in the movie theater. I felt really bad. So she's like, okay, who's La Llorona? And then he says who La Llorona is and like the mythology and how she was this woman who killed her children after her husband left her for a younger woman. That was like the story. So, and it's this is also the first time that we see the curandero or the healer and he's doing... um this cleanse so he's saging people um and i'm yes, doing the hand is... movement now as, as you could see me but i can't not do it it's a smut it's smudging right smudging yeah yeah so he's like cleansing people that are there to give like uh flowers and things like that and a memorial for the children and then we also find out that anna is not very religious the priest tries to give her the rosary and she's like no my husband was religious i'm not yeah, she was just like, throw that shit out. Doesn't work. My husband's dead. <laughs> she, was, she, she wasn't that cold-blooded about it, but yeah, that's kind of what she said. <laughs> that's what she was feeling. I could see it in her eyes. All right. Side note here, I also thought that this part was interesting because the story that the father tells uh, Anna has no indigenous aspect. Like, a lot of La Llorona's Different. There's a lot of stories, granted, of La Llorona and her background. Uh, but I don't know if adding that indigenous kind of twist to it would have made the story better or worse. Because supposedly, as we discussed in our first episode, La Llorona uh, was an Indian, supposedly like a an in, una India or, una, um, you know, she was an indigenous person. And the man she married was someone of a higher class presumably someone who is of Spanish descent. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too, but I do like the connection between curanderismo and Catholicism. So later we find out that the curandero is an ex-priest, but they don't seem to go further back than colonization. Let's cut to the pool scene, uh, as I like to call it. So we cut to Sam, the daughter, playing outside in this windy, overcast, kind of pre-thunderstorm, stormy day, uh, she's, she's by the pool in her home's backyard. So her, her house has a pool. Uh, another side note. So having, I've lived in LA, like most of my life until I was like 18. That's where I lived. Where the fuck did this storm come from? Because is La Llorona storm now? She has fucking weather controlling powers. Cause I have never seen a goddamn thunderstorm in LA. I mean, rarely. Like, I remember one time hail fell from the sky when I was a child. But thunderstorms don't happen in LA. They just don't. Yeah, that's what my friend said. Because she's from California. And when we were watching it afterwards, she was like, it does not rain like that in LA. Like, it does not. There's No. It should have been said in Seattle or something if they wanted something that gray and rainy. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Whatever. Anyways. I did think overall it's a cool scene uh, with the umbrella. So Sam has this umbrella because obviously this freak weather system is in L.A. for some reason. And um, Sam is playing with this umbrella, 
But as she opens it, it keeps being blown out of her hands over and over again, but slowly leading her closer and closer to the pool. At one point, she actually opens the umbrella and there is La Llorona. And in the audience, in my audience, people were like, oh, shit. You know, (laughs) people were like really (laughs) reacting to it. It was really funny. And I was like, bitch, it was in the trailer. Did you not watch the trailer? Whatever. Anyways. But besides that, I don't think anything really happens. I don't think Yolayorona gets her or scared. Does she see her at this point? Does Sam see Yolayorona? Yeah, I think Sam does see Yolayorona. Oh yeah, she like she freaks out. Okay, that, yeah, and at that point, you know, another side note. So I was very hungry at that point in the scene. It's probably why I don't remember it. But I was, I started to daydream like what I was gonna cook for dinner. And I was just like, please, Layorona, just hurry the fuck up. Just kill these kids so I can go home <laughs> and eat. But see, this is what I'm telling you, that, that does, this is how it felt long. Like, there were these moments that you were like, something's going to happen, and it's just a jump scare. But it wasn't really that scary. And yeah, at this point, I was like, someone has to die soon. <laughs> and I was hoping it would be Anna. Like, I was hoping somebody would die. And, and they didn't at that point. And I was just like, it was dragging. It's it's very it's it was slow as slow as La Llorona fucking moved in this movie, which was either really fast or dragging her feet slow. I was like, why didn't she get Sam at that point? Just kill her. Right. There were multiple instances instances where she could have killed the children, but why does she have to torture them beforehand? It makes no sense. I guess it makes them juicier, makes their souls juicier. I don't know. <laughs> well, Tenderize I- them. <laughs> The next scene is we're back to the Alvarez house. So they, it cuts from that to the Alvarez house, also known as the crime scene. Mm. Uh, and we see this curandero that we were introduced uh, to earlier. He's collecting La Llorona's tears. That Which was really so weird. It was so funny. It, it really, like, it was, I was like, what? why the hell? How can he collect the tears? Why are they so weird and slimy? But they were, oh my God, yeah. They brought a lot to the plot. Like they were really, really important. And we also find out her tears are kind of like acidy, kind of like they burn. I want that. Oh, you want acid burn all down your face? Every time you cry, you'll burn your face. But will it burn me though? Or will it burn like after they're off my body? I can throw them at people. Like I can fling my tears at people and burn them. So if anyone obsesses you. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, Orquidia's upset. She's going to throw her acid tears in your face. <laughs> yes, I want to be able to do that. <laughs> That's not a bad power. I don't, I've never heard of a superhero with, or a supervillain with those kind of powers. Yeah. No, I've never heard of one. Well, if someone wants to let me know if there is one, let us know. Yeah. Email us. I want to follow that supervillain <laughs> or superhero. That sounds awesome. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, the consistency of the tears were like, you described them as hair gel. I thought it was something out of Ghostbusters. It was it weird. Was weird. It was very weird. And I was like, how did you separate it from the water that was there? Like, how did he know these were her tears and the other shit was water? I don't know. It was so It was very strange. Yeah. But anyways, we cut to what I like to call the windy door scene. So... We have this scene where uh, Anna is hearing these. She's on her bed, sitting there, reviewing her the case files, looking at the poor goddamn kid's dead kid's face. I'm sure filled with guilt. 
um, white woman's guilt. And then, so we have to see Anna's hearing all these creepy noises all over the house and she sees her son sleepwalking. So she goes, she goes up to him, wakes him, and he's like, where the fuck am I? He was actually trying, in the process of trying to open the door, but luckily it had a latch. The latch, man, coming to save the day again. So then, I thought this was scene was was okay. Like it was it it was definitely a jump scare. But the door like would open, rattle, and it would be caught in the latch, and then she would close it, and then she turned around to actually like talk to um Chris again, and this door swings open, like the wind just pushes back the door, ripping through the latch, and I thought it was a it was a pretty good scene because it was kind of a fake out. Yeah. I thought I, I saw it coming. I didn't think it was too scary. But again, I, I just kept thinking, like, can't La Llorona go through walls? Wouldn't she be able to? Oh, shit. You're right. Why the fuck is she trying to get in through the door? Yeah. Like, I never understand that when it comes to ghosts. I guess I don't know the ghost mythology too well, but I just assumed they could go through walls. Well, or they're not tr- like vampires. Vampires have to be invited in. <laughs> right. And if she can, like, she blew the door open, so that means she could have gone in at any time. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's it's just so stupid. I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. There's just too many things that I'm just like, I don't understand. Um, So then, you know, Anna goes up back upstairs, and after tucking Chris in, into bed, she sees La Llorona in the mirror, and it's a mirror that's attached to her daughter's bedroom door, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. And and so the door is slowly closing and then slams closed. And as it's sw- swinging closed, she catches a quick reflection of La Llorona in it. And then I don't remember the other shit that happens. I don't remember. I think I was hungry. <laughs> and so then later, but I do remember this part where at one point, Ana tries to defend herself against La Llorona with a baseball bat. And not even a holy baseball bat. Like this hasn't been blessed by a priest or anything. No, it was just a regular old baseball bat. I was like, bitch, she's not an intruder. She's not She's not a burglar. You know what I mean? Trying to get in. Anyways, she's a ghost. Anyways, so now we go to the scene where it's a welfare check on Anna. So since the kids both have been burned and Chris, when he was home alone at one point, got pushed down the stairs, literally like a telenovela protagonist. By La Llorona. La Llorona was just like, die, bitch. And he was just like, oh. And then he like, <laughs> don't, try, don't try to hide your laugh. Laugh. It was good. <laughs> like I'm flailing my arms I know. right now. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. He fell down the stairs. Um, and so he sprained his arm. So I guess. Now the so- the social workers are having to conduct some sort of welfare check on Anna. And I was like, how do you like that, Anna? Shoes on the other foot, Anna, huh? <laughs> now you're the one being checked on. Anyways. And also in this scene, they actually have her co-workers show up and sit down with the kids and ask them, oh, you know, did she hurt you? Are you in pain? Like, is she hurting you? How is this okay for this coworker to do it? You know, isn't it a conflict of interest? Especially after we see she's the one who was who was trying to get all her cases away from Anna 
because she was too busy being a single mom. And this girl is single. And so she's like, I have all this time. So She did not sound like that. <laughs> well, that's what they made her like sound. I didn't understand this whole dynamic. I was like, why did they shoehorn this scene about sexism and like she was being discriminated against, but not go anywhere with it? I think it was supposed to show how strong-willed Anna is and how she's like, you know, I'm going to protect my cases and I'm doing the most I can for these children, but they still end up dead. <sighs> Whatever. I, I thought the I thought the welfare check scene was really funny. I was I was cackling. So I did a lot of cackling. <laughs> I do a lot of cackling generally. Uh definitely in horror movies definitely in this one because i just imagined anna being like no you don't understand i didn't burn them it was la llorona but saying it was la llorona you know it was after <laughs> alvarez it's now it's after me and you don't understand la llorona is gonna get my children oh god Can you go, like <laughs> and, and i'm gonna go have a jalapeno and a burrito <laughs> from the local grocery store yeah that's that's literally what that scene was. Yeah. No, it was, it was, there was a lot of scenes where people laughed out loud in my theater. So were you the only one laughing? I mean. Yes. That looks like a yes to me. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a packed <laughs> theater. Like there were like maybe 10 people total. Did you watch it at night or in, in the afternoon? Um, it was like at four. Oh, so it was that. I saw it like at one. I, I bought the ticket literally 20 minutes before I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll just go see it today. And so I just got rolled out of like the couch that I was like sitting in <laughs> and drove down. So let's cut to the bathroom scene. So I actually thought this was kind of a cool scene. Again, I wasn't scared by any anything, but I thought if someone out there is a scaredy cat, this would be a good scene for them. Yeah. This is kind of the last straw also for Anna and her kids. This is their breaking point. So Sam is taking a bath and, you know, she's just chilling, washing her hair, you know, as kids do. She was doing that thing where she rubs her face over and over again. I used to do that as a kid because I hate getting water in my eyes. Anyways, so I was like, I relate. I relate to that child. Slowly, you see behind Sam is La Llorona uh, standing there. And slowly you see her long blackened fingers and yellowed nails uh, reach out and start massaging Sam's hair. Which, first of all, I was like, this girl needs a manicure. Because, my God, there's some nasty-ass nails. She's but been dead all, for three centuries. <laughs> well, get it together, La Llorona. Uh She starts to, say, to wash Sam's hair. And, of course, everyone in the theater was like oh no honey oh no you know i could hear it and so and of course i'm giggling so sam thinks it's her mom because her mom is, is we've seen a previous scene that her mom does this for her she thinks it's her mom because she's you know stupid kid and so she decides you know i'm gonna dip my head back into the tub to wash my hair off at which point la Llorona is like fuck yeah she made this too easy for me and holds down her head underwater. And so poor Sam starts to thrash and starts fighting her. Her mom and, and Chris are downstairs and hear it. And then they run up and come to save her. But not before La Llorona appears again and reaches out for Anna and burns her. La Llorona screams. Anna screams. Everyone is screaming in this scene. It was crazy. 
Anna like frees herself. Of course she burns with her burn. She wrenches her arm away. I don't know how people are, are breaking hold, like their holds off of La Llorona. La Llorona needs to learn better self-defense. Yeah. And so Anna frees herself, runs out of the bath and holds onto the doorknob, keeping La Llorona in the bathroom. Again, no. I feel like <laughs> I feel like La Llorona, like they, they built her up to be stronger than that. She should be able to open the door against this woman. Or she can go through the door. A waif of a woman. She's just like, ah, holding the door, like yeah. closed, you know, and she's screaming and, and it's clattering and clattering. And La Llorona's like, bitch, open the door, you know, and <laughs> let me out. I want to see you. I want to see you remake all the horror movies. <laughs> You're having the kids say, fuck, what's going on? <laughs> and all these I'm just things. switching wigs every time. <laughs> it's just a one woman show. I would watch that. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's terrible. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Oh, my God. Anyways, at this point, so that scene was their breaking point. Like, La Llorona, I don't know, disappears. She fucks off. Just go haunt some other kids. And... Anna, all of a sudden, you go to the next scene, the take me to church scene. Take me to church scene. <laughs> so <laughs> they all go to the church to talk to the priest. And the priest says things about, he brings up the curandero again. Again, you know, this idea of folk magic versus the church. Like this, you see this kind of versus thing coming to a head. You also find out that the priest was in another Conjuring Universe movie because he's seen holding the Annabelle doll. Yeah. And so we saw the priest in the trailer and I I love that. And the trailer for La Llorona. So I knew that there was going to be that connection already. Have you seen the Annabelle movies? No, I think I think they the, you yeah, you think they're dumb. Okay. So <laughs> I thought they were really creepy. Dolls do creep me out. So when I oh. saw that he was going to be in this movie, I was like, "Yes, cuz he's pretty cool. Like he looks like a good, you know, character actor for horror movies." But his role was he kind looked, of minimal. He looked really familiar also. Like, he looked like... Isn't he a Latino actor also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for me, it was, like, really good to see him and to, to kind of see that connection to the Annabelle case. But I just kept thinking, I'm like, why didn't the priest suggest that they go to a curandero for the Annabelle case? If he's giving out curandero advice, like, why does it have to be... I guess the because curandero can only I help with... Latino problems, Latino I monsters. No, it's a Latino problem. So he's like, we'll keep it in the community. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we, we'll keep it in the community and not give it to, you know, fuck those white people. They don't know what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's so weird. So anyways, the obviously the priest refers him, uh, her to the curandero Rafael Olvera. And I like to see him, I saw him as like a basically a renegade ex-priest who does what he wants, when he wants, you know, like kind of like a James Bond of curanderos. I kept saying, when I saw you wrote that, I was like, Olvera, my name is Olvera, Rafael Olvera. And I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to make a joke about like, you know, like, you know how James Bond does shaken, not stirred. Yes. But I, I was like, how would he take his mezcal? With the with the fucking yet yeah, la llorona hair gel tears, you know. I, I take my mezcal with the worm, not without. <laughs> oh God! So we go 
we go to we flash to the curandero shop so anna and the kids go to rafael's shop and he's like nah i don't want to help you and then until until of course sam the little girl is like please mister please (laughs) looking at him like these big eyes (laughs) she's hard to say no to like i don't know if i could say no to that child I would. I just don't. Well, that's because you're evil. I'm just evil. I don't care for children or ghosts. Anyways, and so like a reluctant hero, he totally goes, okay, fine, I guess. Yeah. I'll help you. So, okay. So this is the actor that plays Rafael was in From Dust Till Dawn to Texas Blood Money. A direct-to-video movie really bad, really entertaining, and he has one of the coolest sex scenes I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's him. So I, I would I remember that face. Uh but <laughs> going, What does he do in it? Like who da- what? Yeah, he has sex. I don't know what you want me to say. <gasps> what made it cool? I don't know. He's like people just have to go watch it. Oh, my God. Okay, fine. I was just like, does he throw her around or him around? Throw, like, her up on the ceiling? Like, throw some sage on her? Like, what does he do? <laughs> no, I mean, he he plays like a bank robber, so it's not, like, related at all. Okay, so I really like that scene where they go into his store, too, into the, like, Yerveria Curandero shop. Yeah. It was, it, the set was really good. And they had, like, yerberia on the outside. Like, it, it looked like they had really thought it out. And I love that he was just like, y'all are just here to stare and laugh. And I don't appreciate that. So please leave. Right? Like, he was, he mm-hmm. called them out for gawking. So I thought that was really cool, too. Like, it, that was part of his persona. Like, he's defending yeah. his his practice. Um, Which is a legit practice. Yeah. So I thought it was a cool commentary on how we consume other ethnicities and even on gentrification. No, that's cool. So I wanted to do a side note here on what is a curandero exactly, if you could explain that. Yeah, so curanderos are like, they're folk healers or healers. uh, And we definitely need to do an episode on them. It's a really cool tradition. And the way that I've learned about them or the way I see them is they bring together medicine, how we understand it, Western medicine, religion, spiritualism, and like traditional uh medicine non-western medicine uh to treat physicals and spiritual and illnesses like malojo right so like what we see the cleanse with the egg the smudging with the sage and stuff like that so they kind of do those practices but they're also healers and like they listen to people's problems so they do a lot of like therapy in that in some ways and curanderos can be either male or female right yeah yeah they don't have to be male and I wonder the history there. Well, we'll do a separate episode on it because it makes me wonder. Yeah, I think and I think in the movie, it is interesting that the priest is the one that tells them to go to the curandero. Right. Like he's still yeah. he's like, that's not something I do. And that's not something the church does. Right. Like those are very like um, out there practices, but I'm still going to vouch for it. Right. Like that's your only hope. So that was a really interesting way. Like they're they're connected and they vouch for each other at the same time. Once is seen as authentic or you know respectable. That's the thing. Once respectable, the other one isn't. 
Yeah, and and the way he was talking, the priest was talking about it. He was just like it sounded a little condescending in the way he was talking about it. Like, oh, there was one scene where Anna was like, "Oh, do you believe in that?" asks the priest, and he goes, "Well." They believe in it. Yeah, like some some people with like simpler minds believe in it. There's definitely that attitude. And the way they would say it too, they're like, el curandero. Yeah, like fuck. Like he's not, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, it's weird. So uh, this next scene I like to call (laughs) Raphael and the deviled eggs. I hadn't read that before, but see, I finally get it. I am so sorry. I am so slow. (laughs) So... Dear listener, here we go. So Raphael, uh, we cut to the scene where Raphael goes to their house and ju- is just like rubbing eggs everywhere. Like they, the whole family has eggs and they're just rubbing it on every surface of the of the house. Do So could you explain this? I was so <laughs> offended by the scene. <laughs> uh, so at this point, I went with my sister and I went with a friend and my sister was checked out at this point. She was like mad. She was angry <gasps> at how boring the movie was for her. Like she was just, wow. yeah, she was like curled up in a little ball, like fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. Why are they rubbing the house down with eggs? I have never seen that happen before. So the idea is you take an egg and you rub it over somebody and you say a prayer as you're rubbing it. Um, and it's it's an uncracked egg. Right, like it's a whole egg. Yeah, um, you're not rubbing, yeah, the the raw egg into someone's fucking face. I just right? wanted to clarify that because some people might not yeah. know. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so you 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 do that, and all the negative energy or all the bad things that the person has is supposed to go to the egg, and then when they break it, um, it's either supposed to be bloody or like the yolk changes, and people are able to read the yolk and know what kind of bad thing was in the person. Oh, that's cool. But you can't do this on inanimate objects. You cannot do this on a house. I have, I mean, if if people have done this to houses, please let me know. I would love to know if you can do this to houses. That's fascinating. But I have never seen this or heard of this. You cannot also, rub down a house. I just thought of something. So there is one point in the, in the, in the, so in the curandero shop, back going back to the curandero shop, there's one point where Anna goes, "Oh, we're just gonna stay at a hotel." Yeah. And and Rafael goes, "Well, no, you can't. That's not gonna work because La Llorona is attached to your kids, right? But not the house, right? So you should so be rubbing is... the kids." Yeah, exactly. Ew, exactly. Should we be rubbing down those children? Don't do that. <laughs> conversation with you about how curanderismo works and the ethics behind it and you're gonna be weird (laughs) we're talking about horror movies here i couldn't help it i couldn't help it anyways this is why nothing scares me because i'm just terrible inside yeah um if you rub that egg on me you know what would be in it your egg would blow up (laughs) it wouldn't even get close to you I can use it as a grenade. I just throw it at the people. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah, that scene just threw me off. It was interesting. And I, I when I was doing some research, I found out that some of the promotional events that Warner Brothers did for the movie that had been drawing criticism was they had uh, curanderos at the premiere of the films doing limpias. Yeah. So some people were really for it. 
some people are really against it and like criticize and saying, you know, this is appropriating the culture and, you know, disconnecting the the the, the actual practice from what it is. Um, so in one of the interviews, the healer Grace Sesma said, quote, I found it quite shameful and it heightens the fear factor around a traditional practice and commodifies and exploits our culture just to get people to see their movie. Which is true. partly true. But then I also found out that uh, the production company hired curanderos as consultants. Oh. So, yeah, there's. it's interesting that that's one of the areas that they focused on. And they tried to make as legitimate as possible. Yet it's an area that they exploited and made me the most uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just... Whatever. Let's just get into the fucking eggs. Okay. So let's just get through the eggs. Raphael then, you know, they rub the, the eggs all over the house, whatever. Raphael then opens the egg and it's all black inside. And and granted, Anna was confused. She was like, why are we rubbing all these eggs? Good question, Anna. For once in your fucking life, one good question. <laughs> why are these eggs black inside? Basically, to me, it, it meant that they were fucked. Yeah. Like, if they were completely black. And then the other eggs that the family were using, the three other eggs, were on the table, start dancing. Start, like, rotating, little do, doing little dances. And then they explode. They just pop right into Anna's face also. It's just like, she's just covered in, like, this almost just sludge. And basically, it's it's like saying, haha believe it now yeah you know kind of uh, it's weird so anyways Raphael also says that la llorona was once a human woman i thought this was really interesting that he said she was once a human woman but now is just an evil that knows that has no bounds side note why is her evilness like never really expanded on like except that she was just a woman scorned so, you know, there are no parallels really drawn between the human women in the movie, besides that they're all mothers. But there is no struggle with, like, a patriarchal society, except for that one sexist thing that happened at the beginning of the movie with the social working crap. And the cop husband, you know, he died, but he didn't, he just died. He wasn't cheating or left for a younger woman. There's just no real point yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that was one of my biggest complaints about the movie, that we didn't really get a background for La Llorona, not like a thorough background. She was a woman, someone cheated on her, she killed her children, and now she's like totally evil. But I mean, the man did something horrible too. Why is he not in any way punished for his actions? Right? And I guess because the worst, again, but it's reinforcing that patriarchal idea of, like, the worst thing a mother could do is kill her children. Yeah. So anyways, we cut to, again, the house is turned into a goddamn fire hazard with candles everywhere. Rafael, the curandero, he goes, you know, La Llorona hates the light. She stays away from, she likes to keep to the darkness, which, again, I don't understand. (laughs) Anyway, so... This scene is called the, I call it the anti-venom and the fire tree. So, the family gathers in the living room, surrounded by these bunches of candles that are completely useless against La Llorona, it turns out, because they just get immediately snuffed out. So La Llorona goes fucking WrestleMania on Anna, grabs her, and just slams her against the wall. Like, just throw, like, she flew. I was like, damn, girl. She just threw her against the wall, slams against the wall, crashes down, and she's down. 
Down for the count. Can I just say, that's one of the things that's driving me crazy about recent horror movies. Like, they have some really intense fight scenes that are very action-y. Like, they had something similar in Pet Cemetery, and I'm like, that is that does not scare me. I am not scared by that. Are people scared by that? I guess ghost fights? I, I don't know. I just... Because you can't... I guess because you can't fight a ghost. How do you fight a ghost? How do you fight something that can touch you, but you can't touch it? Right. So then after that fight scene, Chris is dragged by La Llorona all over the house. <laughs> Almost like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so everyone's screaming she- or trying to like wake up and trying to move and do something to help. And Chris is like getting dragged out. And La Llorona's going to drag him out of the house because she can't kill him in the house for some reason. I don't, I don't know. know. She's got to go to water, I guess. That's why she went to the LA River. Maybe. But they have a pool and a bathtub. Like they were... Anyway, so she's dragging him out and she's going to take him out the door. But right before she takes him out the door, Rafael, the awesome curandero, jumps out and throws his anti-venom on her face. And so the anti-venom is a mix of holy water and La Llorona's tears. So now we understand why he was grabbing those. How he knew to do this combination, I don't know. I guess you mix anything with holy water and it becomes an anti-venom. I guess so. I guess ghost jizz. You get some goat's jizz and you mix it in with holy water and it's just also known as ectoplasm. You're hurting my heart. You're hurting my heart. (laughs) We're talking about tears here. (laughs) Anyway, she gets some anti-venom on her face. (laughs) She starts. No. (laughs) Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. I know. I'm not going to say it. Okay. And so like Yorana freaks out. She starts crying and she like runs out of the house or floats out of the house. And then Rafael makes a line of the fire tree seeds in the entryway to prevent La Llorona from coming in. Again, why didn't he use the fire tree seeds to begin with? If La Llorona was already in the house, then why did they need the candles to see if the spirit was closed? There were just so many questions. There was there was a lot of questions, and I didn't understand what, why. So side note again, what is the fire tree? Do you know anything about it? Because did it really witness? So in the movie, the reason why the fire tree is powerful against her. So Raphael brings, I thought they were hot red chili peppers. And I was like, oh, they're chili peppers. Like what you put on pizza and stuff. Yeah, no, I get it. Throw it in her eyes. "Ah." Yeah, throw it in her burner. (laughs) She's like, oh my eye. And so that's what I thought they were. But it turns out that. They're these um, seeds from the fire tree. And so he has a cross made out of the fire tree. And he has these seeds. And supposedly they're very powerful against La Llorona because uh, the tree witnessed La Llorona killing her children. Yeah. So I looked it up and it's also known as the flame tree. And in some parts of Mexico, it's called the Malinche tree. (gasps) So we can definitely talk about that at the end uh, and what that could mean. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So let's get to the end part. So this is this is the climax, all right? So, the beginning of the end. Sam does a really stupid thing in this in this scene. Oh my god. Right after, you know, Raphael lays down the fire seeds, he's like, "Listen, as long as the fire seeds are not broken, the chain of them are not broken, Lyodna can't get in." Everyone hears her trying to come in through the back door, I guess. So he, everyone runs back except for Sam. She stays in front, uh, in front of the front door. 
She sees her dolly, which I later kind of connected the dolly that she has, she has throughout the movie. But I think what what it was is it was her father's dolly that she gave to her. Yeah. It's kind of right out of her reach. So she tries to reach for the dolly right outside the door. And of course, my audience is like at this point being like, no, 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 girl, don't do it. Don't do it. Like they're just yelling. And she's reaching and reaching and she's trying to get this dolly. And she's finally like, she doesn't break. She does not break the line. She reaches it. She grabs it. And as she's grabbing the dolly, she pulls it over the line and breaks it. And the door flies open. And she goes flying out. Layoran, I guess, like grabs her, throws, like drags. That doesn't even drag her. Mm. She like flies her out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the backyard. Which is weird because the, the house was facing the front. I don't know. She flew her back up over the roof. I don't know. Uh, and, and and so she goes into the pool because Layorona obviously wants to drown this child. And so goes into the pool. She gets thrown in the pool. Anna like dives in and starts fighting, wrestling. She starts wrestling Layorona underneath the water, right? At one point, grabbing her necklace from her. Both Sam and uh, Anna are saved by Raphael because he actually does something clever. He turns the pool water into holy water, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that was a cool move. Yeah, I was like, I'd still drink it. They go back to the house after the pool water incident and the kids are placed in the closet. Again, another closet. And you, so there's a dramatic moment where you see the door open. And these dirty ass feet cross over the fire seeds. And you're like, oh shit, is La Llorona now so powerful that she could cross over fire seeds? And nope, turns out it's Alvarez and she's back for revenge. She's very mad. And she wants Anna's kids dead and has been praying to La Llorona to take them away so that she can return her own children. And she's got a gun. And she automatically just shoots Raphael. And I was like, no, Raphael! Because he was actually really funny also. Yeah, he was good. He was very... Yeah, he was very sassy. And he knew what he was doing. And so I thought he was dead. I thought really, like, Raphael was going to die. And so then Lyorona rushes in. She throws the mom back into the basement and then knocks Alvarez out. The kids take off running and they actually open the attic door climb into the attic and close it of course this door does not hold la Llorona back she opens the door for some reason anyways she's she can't i guess she can't move through walls as we established before she yeah. can't move through uh so she opens the door gets in and the kids start crawling throughout the attic i thought this was a cool scene actually because it again somehow it shows la Llorona's telekinesis powers again because she starts moving all the furniture around, tr- creating these mazes to trap the kids into. They get to the end of the attic, so they can't go any further. And so here comes La Llorona, like fucking Moses. You know, and she parts all the furniture apart. Brah, you know? <laughs> she just goes like this. She parts it. And so, and I thought that was cool. I was like, all right, go off. And she goes right after the kids. But as she's slowly approaching, you know coming out from the shadows and she goes into the light that the kids have you see her actually switch 
from this monstrous being to like this normal looking sad woman in a wedding dress. Um, why she yeah. was wearing a dress, a wedding dress, I don't know. That threw me off. Why was she wearing a wedding dress in that scene at the beginning of the movie? Because when she was drowning her son, she was wearing a veil. Yeah, so she was wearing like a wedding dress when she was drowning her kids, but she it wasn't her wedding day. So it must have been she put on her wedding dress to drown her kids. Yeah, it was just like, let me add another, a, a, na- a layer of fucked upness. Yeah. And drown them in my wedding dress. Yeah. So probably to scorn again her uh, husband or ex-husband. Yeah. I, I thought that was weird. I didn't really like the wedding dress. But it, this scene was really cool because you do see this human moment of La Llorona. Like it really is about her children. Yeah, and she's not, and so she's looking at them as if they look like her, like as if she's, you know, misses them. Mm. Like she's like, is this my child? She has that kind of curious view um, in her eyes, which I thought the actress conveyed really well. So kudos on her. So then this moment is only very, very limited uh, moment. She So Sam is kind of slowly pulling this uh, accidentally sheet off this uh, big, big mirror that they're sitting next to. And La Llorona all of a sudden turns to the mirror, sees her reflection, and automatically turns into... And we didn't really describe how she looked, actually. Yeah. I mean, she's... In the movie, she, she basically is in this wedding dress. She's walking around this dirty-ass wedding dress. She has, like, pale skin. These really, like... When you're seeing her up this up close, because they have a really close-up look of her. She has, like, pale skin, and then her tears are crying black. Like, when you wear ma- too much mascara and you're just crying because <laughs> your boyfriend just broke up with you in the club or something. I thought her her face was, like, dark and her tears were yellow. How are we remembering this so different? No, her tears were black, especially when she was looking at Chris. Oh. She was still human, and so her tear, you oh, can right, see her right. tear, and, and it was it ran black. And so you're just like, okay, she's she may have a human face, but she's still not human. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, she sees her reflection, and she's like, oh, damn, I'm ugly. And then she screams and turns back into, you know, the monster. And so this is when Raphael and Anna come in. Alvarez downstairs had a change of heart. I don't know why. I think she, she, she has the kids crying. Yeah, that's probably what it is. And she's like, oh, I, I regret everything, I guess. Um, even though she brought a gun, anyways. Should have shot La Llorona. Yeah, right? Um, so Alvarez, you know, has a change of heart, frees Anna. So Anna is has the ability to run up in the attic. And Rafael, even with a gunshot, he's like, I'm going to run up these stairs, man. And so they run up the attic. Uh, Rafael, all of a sudden, you know, tries to battle La Llorona, but he's flung back and slams against the back of the wall. Anna comes to kind of kneel in front of her children and shield them from La Llorona as she's approaching. So she's slowly walking towards them. Rafael, thinking quick, kicks the cross that he brought up with him upstairs. He kicks the cross across the uh, attic floor and Anna grabs it. And this cross is the same one that was made out of the fire tree. And she just fucking stabs La Llorona with it right through the chest. And that's what defeats her in the end. And La Llorona just turns into goo. Dumb. 
I was, <laughs> I was I was rolling my eyes so hard at this because all I could think was, is it really that easy to kill her? Why didn't anybody do this before? Why didn't uh, the curandero, why didn't Rafael give this the the cross to Patricia so she could protect her children? Why is it that a white woman has to kill La Llorona? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I just, I was like, and is she really dead dead? Yeah. Like, has the spirit been completely exercised? Yeah. You know? And what, it doesn't make any sense to me why the priest didn't try to also banish this woman, you know? Because it's a spirit. It should be exercised. Yeah. But I guess because it attached, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's the end of the movie. We, there's no after credit scene uh, th- that's just the end. There's one final moment where, you know, Raphael's really sassy. They ask him, like, the kids ask him, like, were you scared? And he's like, well, I was a little bit scared. And then they were like, well, were you really? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. I thought he was funny. He was a funny, he had funny moments. Yeah. In the movie, actually. Um, he had a good uh, couple jokes. And so there's a moment where I guess everything's all cool and stuff. But then there's this eerie moment where Anna stands in front of the house and she turns or turns down or turns around, looks down at a puddle of water that had been like sitting just in front of her house, and she looks into her reflection. I thought it was gonna be like thriller, and her eyes were gonna be yellow, and now she's La Llorona. I thought that's where they were going. That would be awesome, actually. That would have been a good one, right? Yeah, because she she doesn't die. Yeah, and so then. Later on in the Conjuring movies, they could be like, oh, yeah, I tried to help her, but then she later killed her own kids. Yeah. You know, like that would have been kind of an interesting thing, but no, they didn't even do that. So my final, final thoughts about this movie is they had a really great opportunity, especially in the place this country is in now, to do something like what, kind of like what Get Out, and hear me out, what Get Out did, and highlight some of the issues that La Llorona brings, you know, the story of La Llorona brings up. So I know it's in the Conjuring universe, so it's not going to be, like, amazing, like, Get Out. And it's a dumb, scary movie, right? But they could have at least had some better parallels between all the three female characters featured in here. I thought the curandero was problematic. um, But he was the only other Latino character in the movie, so I was kind of torn about that. And I thought the actors were good. And why even do La Llorona, you know, this... Also, this movie highlighted more differences between folk medicine and belief and the church, which kind of makes sense because of the Warrens. Like the Warrens, the way the Warrens practice is through the Catholicism. Like even though they're not ordained, I don't think her husband's an ordained priest or like, I don't think they're trained in like demon exorcism per se through the Catholic church. So I think only priests can do that. He's not a priest. Um, I don't think so. I don't know if he's a pastor. So I don't know if he's, they're in another denomination. So, whatever. <laughs> it's all the same to me. So it also felt so whitewashed as well. Like, the main characters weren't Latino. The curandero was badass Latino. That's cool and all. Uh, the poor woman whose kids were killed was the only Latina. You know, she was the only one suffering, really. Um, so it felt really whitewashed. And at least, I'll give them credit for taking place in L.A., where there's a reasonable Latino population, obviously, and not bumfuck Alabama. But uh, I also did notice that a lot of the 
kids, there was a lot of kids. First of all, there was an infant in my theater. God knows why. But they were all Latinos. Like, there were Latino people. There were Latino parents in the theater. And so I guess that's some positive. But at the same time, Latinos are actually huge moviegoers. Like, statistically speaking, we're huge. We go see a lot of movies. So at the end of the day, I really don't feel like I was that represented in, in this movie. Yeah. I think so. My final thoughts... I do think that even scary movies that can be considered like B or dumb scary movies have a lot to say. So I don't think it has to be like, you know, some horror movies are scarier than uh, or smarter than others. I do think that there were some missed opportunities. Um, and for me, like Yorona, y- y'all know, you know, is one of my favorite legends. I really love her. And one of the biggest reasons is because she's become this feminist icon particularly for Chicanas. And I don't think that that was really fleshed out in the movie. So I think that was what I, the, the missed opportunity, right? Um, yeah. So for me, La Llorona is a figure that reflects pain women feel in patriarchal societies and also this necessity to cry out and be heard. So there's this deep historical pain and pain of conquest and loss in the symbol of La Llorona. And I didn't see it. But then I did the research on the flame trees and that they're called the Malinche trees. So the trees grow mostly in southern Mexico, like Yucatan and Oaxaca. So we, when we did the episode on La Llorona, we talked about the connection between La Malinche and the myth of La Llorona, right? Yeah. Uh, which is really cool because there's some versions about La Llorona that say La Llorona was actually La Malinche. So La Malinche is an indigenous woman who served as the translator uh, for Spaniards, particularly Anan Cortes. And in the myth, she has children with Cortes. And when he leaves for Spain, she kills them, right? Or rather than seeing the kids go to Spain with him and become like Spanish, she kills them. So there's then she becomes La Llorona. So it was really cool for to see that connection and to see the way they brought that in. But maybe it was too subtle. And maybe it was there wasn't enough of that. Like there weren't enough of those cultural moments of those cultural references um but we'll see maybe they'll develop it and it'll be i don't there i yeah i don't know i don't know i mean especially when you know in that particular la llorona episode we talked about family separations and you know these concentration camps that america has set up for these poor people at the border i thought yes there was a missed opportunity in in highlighting latino culture yeah, a th- a something that's very culturally close to us. So when I, it's so close to us that when I saw kids in the theater at first, I was just like, why would you bring kids to this scary movie? But then I was like, wait, these hoes have grown up with this shit forever. Like this is this is their story. Yeah. Like you can't scare them anymore. Yeah. They, their parents are probably bringing them to the theater to teach them a lesson and be like, see. I told you she was real. <laughs> I told you. Esto es lo que te pasa si te portas mal. You know, like that that kind of shit. Like if you be misbehave, you're going to get it. You're gonna, La Llorona is going to come and get you. So I was like, there could have been more, this more connection. And that's really interesting about La Malinche in the, in the fire tree. But again, yeah, as you were saying, it was really subtle. Like I, would, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think there's like LA in the 70s was really ripe with like Chicano movement and civil rights movement and all these sort of things that 
could have been reflected in the movie, right? Like, what about the fact that this woman who's Latina or Latin American gets her kids taken away and this other woman doesn't and, right, they get placed in a certain place that's really bad and all this sort of... So uh, how certain brown populations are disposable and others aren't, right? And how they use folklore exactly. to survive. So those those things, that nuance was missing. Exactly. And that actually makes me think also about her Latino husband, her supposed Latino husband. I know they didn't go into his background or anything, but it would have been kind of interesting if they cast suspicion on his death. Like maybe, you know, I would. I think it would have been more interesting if he had run away with another woman. But the other thing that they could have done is they could have made him have died because of, I don't know, someone got, he got discriminated against. Yeah. And they didn't protect him well enough. Or they sent him into this, this very dangerous mission because he was one of the few Latinos in the in the force. Would you recommend this movie then? And what kind of rating should we give it? You know, what's our rating system? I came up with this. Um, mis hijos. I thought we should do so, monstras. Like five out of five monstras. Or like four out of five monstras. I was thinking that too. Okay, okay. So I would give this movie probably... Ah... <sighs> I'm debating between a two and a three out of five monstras. I think because well, there's two reasons. One, I like the movie for what it was. Remove it away, move it away from the cultural context, even though you shouldn't. But in this case, it was very removed from its cultural context, and so you move it away from that. And as a whole, the movie is entertaining enough, and it's it's scary enough that I think it's fine, I would give it a three. But because of the cultural context and the cultural things and the and the missed opportunities, I actually would finalize it at two. I feel the opposite. <laughs> so as, as a horror movie, this is a two out of five. Two monstras, for sure. It was not creepy. It did not scare me. Two out of five. But for the cultural, I, I like, like the more I think about it, I would give it a three out of five just because the curandero Rafael was freaking awesome. And I want to see true. him have his own movie. He should have his own movie. Yeah. He should have his own movie where he's fighting the Warrens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> but he should have his own movie. So, so because of that, because I hope that he gets his own movie, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay. Well, I mean, you almost convinced me, but I'm going to stick with my two out of five monstras, I think. But I think that's it. So if you have your own opinions about the movie, please let us know. You know, just uh, email us at monstraspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, but also on Facebook. So hope to hear from you soon. And hopefully we do more of these movies. If you like them, let us know. Give us a rate and review us. It really helps us grow. If you want to hear more of our bitch sessions, I guess, of, of mostly my bitch session. This was an informed conversation on film going, okay? <laughs> I do love movies. Yeah, so this was fun. Anyway, yeah, it is fun. It is fun. Well, I'll see you later and don't let La Llorona get you. Ooh.